Welcome to the Switch Leader Podcast, where we decide today the leader we will be tomorrow. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Switch Leader Podcast. My name is Josh Baldwin, and I am excited to be your host today and so glad that you joined us. I'm here hanging out with my good friend, James Meehan. You guys, most of you know James. James, you doing good today, buddy? You know, Josh, today has been interesting. It's been hectic. Okay. Slept through my alarm. Well, let me clarify. Mm. My alarm didn't go off because my phone died, but then I plugged it into the charger. But instead of it coming back on, it did like the full reset thing because I hadn't yep. updated it from the last time. So it never went off. So I woke up yeah. an hour, 15 minutes later than normal, was kind of scrambling to get myself and my son ready. And then, you know, it's just, it, it's been a day. You have to, you have to love when that happens. And <laughs> that's, you know, that's a way to describe it. No, you don't actually have to love when that happens. That's for sure. Ha- we we did a I, I did a retreat this weekend and was real tired going into Sunday morning. For sure, slept through my alarm and was ten minutes late to team meeting. Uh oh, made it pl- plenty of time for church, but ten minutes late to team meeting. Got to apologize to Pastor Ronnie. It's all good. There was a lot of grace for me. So that's good, bro. That's good. I appreciate that grace. Hey, so guys, you already saw the title of this episode, but I'll just tell you. You know how you're having one of those days and you have a plan, like the plan's in place and the plan's going to be good. So imagine James and I, we're going to do a podcast and I'll be honest with you, the topic of today's podcast, the one we were going to do has been one that we decided on probably three or four weeks ago right, and right. we had determined this is what we're going to talk about. About... Well, I'm going to say that 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 last conversation that we were in ended probably seven minutes ago. And about six minutes ago, James said, hey, I want to talk about something different. And so you know how sometimes you just, God's just going, hey, I know you had a plan, but I have a different one and I want you to follow my plan. And so today we genuinely are doing that, feel a prompting from God to have a little bit of a different discussion. And so some of you may have been through a season, especially in youth ministry, where if you were being honest, you feel a little discouraged. And maybe that is specifically in Switch, maybe it is in your family, maybe it is at work. You could be in so many different areas of your life But what we know is that if you are feeling discouraged in one area of your life, it will in some way translate to the others. And so we want to talk a little bit today about what it means to feel discouraged and maybe what it looks like to combat that with the truth. So James, I'm going to hand it over to you and give you an opportunity to share some encouragement with our leaders. Yeah, like Josh mentioned, this was not the original plan, but we literally just got off of a call with some of our strongest and most seasoned youth pastors who themselves are feeling discouraged because ministry is always hard. But it seems like right now, student ministry in particular is just about as hard or harder than it's ever been. And as somebody who's been in student ministry at Life Church for nine years now, I've operated in a number of roles as an intern, associate youth pastor, youth pastor, now on our central team, supporting so many of you leaders, supporting so many of our youth pastors. I lead a small group of middle school boys. I'm constantly talking to youth pastors, other leaders, parents, engaging in the mess that students are walking through. The level of discouragement feels like it's at an all-time high just because of how difficult ministry seems to be. 
And yeah. the difficulty isn't like like little things. It's like a lot of big things that just continue to get bigger. And it seems like there's more of them now than ever before. Like there are things that have always been challenges that just seem to be ramping up. There are things that are newer challenges that just aren't going away. Everything from mental illness, from students like struggling with wondering if it's worth it to even live, attempting to take mm -hmm. their own lives, the you know sexual activity, sexual confusion that is plaguing this generation. You've got drug use that is continuing to rise, students that are engaging in behaviors that just don't even make sense to us. And oftentimes they don't even make sense to them, but they just don't seem to know any better. And so all of that is weighing on us. And, and we know that it's probably weighing on you. And so what we want to do is just talk a little bit about what to do when we feel discouraged as people who have been called and equipped by God to lead the next generation to Jesus. And so what I want to do is read to you a parable from Mark chapter four. This parable is one that Jesus himself taught. And in this parable, he illustrates a lesson that I think is vital for us to understand if we want to not just survive, but thrive in ministry. So we start in Mark chapter four, verse three, where Jesus says, listen, a farmer went out to sow his seed. Pause here. The farmer in the parable is Jesus. The seed he is sowing is the message of the gospel. Continuing in verse four, as he, the farmer, was scattering the seed, some fell along the path and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants so that they did not bear grain. Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up, grew and produced a crop, some multiplying 30, some 60, some a hundred times. Then Jesus said, whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. Jesus is describing a farmer sowing seed and the seed falling on four different types of soil. Some of the soil was shallow, some was rocky, some was like crowded out by thorns, but other soil was good. And where those seeds were planted, it produced a crop, some 30, some 60, some 100 times what was sown. So once again, I want to remind you that the farmer scattering the seed is Jesus. And the seed he is sowing is the message of the gospel. It is good news. It is the best news. And he is the best farmer there has ever been. And yet, three out of four of the different soils did not produce a harvest. Hmm. So for you as a small group leader, you as a parent, you as a youth pastor, what I need you to understand is that there will be times, maybe 75% of the time, where you yeah. are planting seeds and it doesn't produce a harvest. Right. And that can be really discouraging. But there will also be times where you will plant seeds and it will produce a harvest, some 30, some 60, some 100 times what was sown. And so if you are feeling discouraged, here's what I want to remind you. Jesus didn't have a 100% success rate on the seed that was sown. Hmm. 
Now, now that like might offend some of you right now because you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Are you trying to say that Jesus failed or fell short? No, no, he never sinned. He never messed up. Like he was perfect in all the things that he did. And yet God has entrusted us as human beings with the capacity to choose for ourselves what we do and what we don't do. That means all of us have a choice to make. Do we respond to the seed that was sown or do we not? Three out of four soils did not respond to the message of Jesus with faith, with trust, with obedience. So you will have students in your small group. You will have kids that you are their parent. You will have parents that you are trying to partner with that don't respond to the good news of Jesus in a way that actually produces a harvest. Right. James, some of what you're saying, it's it's so challenging because truly nobody could have been a more effective communicator than Jesus. (laughs) Right, right. And we know that we're not going to sit here and try to pick apart whether or not he communicated his own message well. Right. That what we're pretty confident about is that he was very confident and versed in the topics that he was talking about and in what he wanted people to understand. And he could not have said it better because he is the best way. Yes. But at the end of the day, people had a decision whether or not they were going to hear and believe and apply what they were being taught. And in the same way, we have that decision to make. Yeah. We have to determine whether or not we're going to listen and believe and apply what we know to be true. And while we, as people that are in youth ministry, I know that sometimes we go, man, but they're kids and it's harder for them to stay focused and we want to, and, and I get it. Like we almost sometimes can make excuses for them, but at the end of the day, you can only do what you can do. And that student has the ability to do what they can do And you cannot allow yourself to feel crushed or like you're not doing your job when maybe there's a week that they don't show up or there's a week that they literally show up and you find out they have done the opposite of what you have challenged them to do. There's a point at which that's completely on them. I got to spend some extended time with my leaders, with the switch leaders at my campus this weekend. And in, in one of the sessions that I got to, that, that I spoke, the verse I shared was John 16, 33. <laughs> and it says, I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. Now, there's two really important parts to this. There's the part where Jesus is literally promising us that there will be trials and sorrows. He did not say there might be trials and sorrows. He said there will be. In right. this life on earth in where you're living right now, there will be many trials and sorrows. And he's not just talking to you. He's talking to the kids you're leading. There will be trials and sorrows in their life. You do not get to choose that. It will happen. It's a constant. The thing that you get to choose is whether or not you receive the peace that he promises and whether or not you will acknowledge that he has overcome the world. That's the choice. So the trials and sorrows, they're happening. But whether or not you get to view all of that as something that God can provide you peace through, 
and something he has already overcome is a choice that you and I have to make. And we then get the opportunity to lead our students to do the same. And so if you find yourself in a place that you're feeling discouraged because youth ministry is hard, because life is hard, because being a follower of Jesus is just about the opposite of maybe the easiest way to live. It's hard. <laughs> right. And if you find yourself being discouraged, I need for you with everything in your being to take heart. Because I promise you that no matter what it is, no matter what storm you are finding yourself in the middle of, Jesus promises that he can provide you peace and he has overcome the world. Come on. The success or failure of your student's faith is not up to you alone. Like, like you do have a responsibility to be a good farmer who plants seeds, but you do not get to decide what soil produces a harvest and which one doesn't. Ultimately, right. it's up to us as individuals to decide how we respond to the message of Jesus. So take the pressure off. If your students aren't responding, don't beat yourself down. Keep showing up. Because at the end of the day, they have to choose what they're going to choose. We have to choose what we're going to choose. And God's going to do what only God can do. Our pastor often says that obedience is our responsibility. The outcome is God's responsibility. So there's that parable at the beginning of Mark 4, the parable of the sower. Later on in that same chapter, and this one I think is just as important for us to wrap our minds around, is the parable of the growing seed where Jesus says, this is what the kingdom of God is like. It is a man who scatters seed on the ground night and day, whether he sleeps or gets up, the seed sprouts and grows, though he does not know how. All by itself, the soil produces grain, first the stalk, then the head, and the full kernel in the head. As soon as the grape, as the grain is ripe, he, the man, puts the sickle to it because the harvest has come. Our responsibility is we plant the seed and we harvest when the time has come. What happens in between the planting and the harvesting is not up to us. That's between the individual and how they respond and how God grows the seed that's been planted when they choose to respond in faith. So once again, the outcome is not your responsibility. You planting the seed and being there for the harvest is. And what I know about you, if you're listening to this podcast, is that you are a faithful planter and yep. that you are waiting for the day you get to harvest because you know how special that day is and you are willing to wait. Otherwise you wouldn't be in student ministry because in student ministry, yep. sometimes we have to wait a really, really long time. Other times we don't because we see miraculous life change happen in an instant. But what I want to encourage right. you in is this, is that there will be times where you are just beating your head against a wall because that student that you are so hopeful and prayerful will get it just isn't getting it. Every week they show up and be a distraction, except for the one week where they seem to pay attention and it gives you this sense of hope that kind of seems like maybe you shouldn't have been hopeful because the week after that, they just go right back to being a distraction, <laughs> right back to being disengaged, right back to the sinful behavior that you thought they took a step away from, but they're back into it. At the end of the day, that's all a part of this process. So for us as followers of Jesus, as leaders, as pastors, as parents, we plant the seed and we prepare for the harvest because that's what Jesus did. And that's what he's asking us to do. 
And the thing is, is that your discouragement, unfortunately, can actually become contagious. Like, like you feeling discouraged right. can actually be one of the things that the enemy uses to keep you out of the action. And that's why we're talking about this because it matters so much for you to recognize. Like Josh read John 16, 33, Jesus says, take heart. That word heart comes from the same word that we get the word courage from. Take courage because Jesus has overcome the world. At the end of it all, his will will be done. And we get to be a part of it every single step of the way. So what I want to do is I want to read to you Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30. If you've been in the church for a while, you're probably familiar with this passage because it is a beautiful invitation to find our rest and our peace in Jesus. He says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, all you who are discouraged, who are beat down, who are struggling, who are begging for God to move in the hearts of your students. All of you come to Jesus because Jesus says that he will give you rest. He says, take his yoke upon you and learn from him because he is gentle and humble in heart. He is gentle and humble in heart. At the core of who Jesus is, is gentleness and humility. He is kind to you, even when you may not be kind to yourself. He meets you in your lowest place because that is who he is. And when you come to him, when you take your yoke upon him, you will find rest for your souls because his yoke is easy and his burden is light. That, that, that word easy can just as well be translated to well-fitting. That there is a yoke that Jesus has created specifically for you to carry. It is a yoke that connects you to him because when you are connected to him, walking with him in step with what it is that he wants you to do, what he's leading you to do, where he is taking you, what you're going to find is, is rest for your soul. But when you try to own somebody else's faith, you're, you're going to end up even more exhausted because you're going to be doing something that Jesus never asked you to do. In closing, I want to ask you all to ask yourself one question. Why are you here? Why are you here? Why are you serving in youth ministry? Why this? And why in this season of your life? What has motivated you to last this long? Why on earth are you here? Sometimes we get away from the why. And we get so caught up in the what. And we get so caught up in the challenges and in the storm that we forget the why that started us on this path in the first place. Why are you here? I can tell you this. You are not here because one day you looked up and went, man, I'm probably incredibly gifted at reaching the next generation. I think I'll just jump in and change their lives. That was likely not why. Most of us aren't that confident. My guess is that at some point God said, I need you to say yes and step in and I will use you. And so if you are finding yourself discouraged, I need for you to remember why you started. Because God said, not that you had what it took, but that he has what it takes and he will 
use you. And just like he was using you when you first began and maybe had some excitement and some wins, I want for you to remember that he is still doing so. And if you're not seeing wins right now, I promise you the wins are still there. Yeah. They sometimes just are hiding. And so I want for you to reach out to another leader and switch. And I want you to tell them your why. Why are you doing this? And I want for you to ask them their why. And if they haven't listened to this episode of the podcast, I want you to challenge them to do that as well. Because if you haven't figured it out by now, every single one of us who are doing the work of Jesus need each other because we need encouragement. Because this is not easy work. It's hard work and it takes us locking arms to walk through it together. We love you all so much. We hope that you walk away from this feeling encouraged and knowing that, man, it ain't over. We are one big family. We're in the middle of a really hard fight. Youth ministry isn't easy. The reason it's not easy is because students don't have it easy. And more than ever before, they need you. And so the moment that you start to feel like you're not making a difference or you need to give up, I am begging you to not give up. Stay in the fight. Let people know that you need to lock arms with them and keep going. Thank you guys for listening to this podcast. Thank you for tuning in every week because you want to be better. As always, thanks for joining us on the Switch Leader Podcast, where we decide today the leader we will be tomorrow. Thank you.